This is my third time starting this episode today because as I sit here, (laughs) unable to properly see out of my right eye, I'm seeing things a lot more clearly. And I've just tossed out that whole episode that I planned to give you because we need to talk about this. This is going to make all of the difference in your world. We are about to start your 2023 off right and set you up for maybe one of the best changes of your life. But yes, I know. It's also a very challenging time. I am in it with you because January is actually, it's the most difficult time of year for most people. And as someone who is part of most people, I also suffer from the January Januscaries. I can understand. It's also science. January is scientifically the most challenging month of the year. So here's what's going to happen. Our little chatteroo today will give you the best way to head into the new year. Because it's not about weight loss. It's not about saving more money. It's not about any resolutions. It's about resolve. If you don't want something to continue, don't allow it. Resolve to stand up for yourself and for others. Because if you allow it to continue, it will. But you want to know where that resolve comes from, right? When you feel like I've got nothing. I am spent. Well, there's a science to that too. And I'm not wasting another second of 2023 because this is also my third try here. So let's just play that theme song, shall we? Her hair is curly. Her teeth are pearly. She's got an edge, but she's still pretty girly. Oh, oh, nothing rhymes with Dahlia. It is so refreshing to be able to have this conversation with you. All of my years in media, I was always told by my bosses, don't talk about your personal life. Don't talk about your dog. People don't want to hear about these things. But you know what? All of my years in media have taught me that this is what a lot of people need to hear about because everybody seems to think that they are the only one. And the thing is, talking about my dog isn't talking about my dog. Talking about my personal life isn't talking about my personal life. This is talking about the realities of life that often go photoshopped, for lack of a better word, And we've taken that online behavior and we've incorporated it offline. We Photoshop how we present ourselves because these days, everybody seems to be a brand, even when presenting themselves personally, even when they have nothing to do with a business, they still present themselves as brands. And in sharing this story with you, I don't want this to be a a pity party, so I'm not about to tell you any of this to make you feel sorry for me in any way. I'm just going to give this personal piece of my life here so you can understand something, but I'm also going to give you the science as to why January is Januscary and the science 
to beating that. It's actually one of the hardest months of the year for me. And typically every January on my talk show, I would have all of these experts, psychiatrists, psychologists, researchers, divorce lawyers. Yes, it's a very big divorce month It's because January. It's really hard. And then I saw this formula from a psychologist, one psychologist in particular, who explains the difficulty of January in an equation. His name is Dr. Cliff Arnell. Well, he wasn't born with the name doctor. I'm sure he was born with the name Cliff Arnell. He is Dr. Cliff Arnell. He's a UK psychologist and he specializes in seasonal disorders and this formula he created takes into account all of these different feelings that give you that feeling of being at your lowest point. So what he takes into account are seven variables, weather, debt, monthly salary, time since Christmas, time since a failed quit attempt, pronounced New Year's resolutions, low motivational levels, and the need to take action. He says the worst day, the worst day is typically January 24th, but January as a whole is not an easy time. And I mean, it's not hard. You don't really need a formula to figure something like that out. January has less daylight hours. More people are affected by seasonal affective disorder. January is a colder month in most parts of the world. January is a time of year when there are no holidays to look forward to. It is right after holidays have maybe sucked so much out of you. Maybe you were alone for the holidays. Maybe the holidays didn't turn out what you wanted them to be. Maybe this was the time of year because everybody's having a tough time that it boiled over into some sort of fight. It's a more reflective time of year. A time to start over, which gives you the opportunity to be extra hard on yourself. This is just notoriously a difficult time of year. But that doctor's formula. The thing about this formula, if you look at the story as to why it was developed, it explains how it's effective. This was created to analyze when and why people book holidays. This was created to help a travel company make money. So you know it works because anything to make more money, right? But essentially, what this shows, what this meant to show, is that people are most likely to buy a ticket to paradise when they feel like hell. And let me tell you, I'd love to buy a ticket to paradise right about now. Which brings me to my January. My January has started off so strong, it's actually like it started off in December. It had so much January to offer that it needed a head start. It's like, I'm here, I'm coming, I'm coming right at ya. And so here's what happened. My little Fozzie Bear, he tore his knee ligament. And this requires serious surgery, expensive surgery, months of rehab, and me carrying him. Practically everywhere. And this also happened, this fantastic January happened to include a bonus of an eye infection. So yes, right now it is pretty hard for me to see out of my right eye with that medication goop that is blurring my vision. And you know what? It's, it's not even the eye infection. The eye infection is not a big deal. And all of these other things that 
Each one of them feels like huge deals. They're the smallest things in the world and I'm not even going to bring them up because when I even think them, when I actively think about them, they are not as big a deal as I feel they are in the moment. The really big deal, the really big deal, and probably why I focus on all of those little deals is Fozzie Bear, my mini golden doodle, my little rescue, my 13-year-old baby. He's my world. He's my everything. He is the dog that I rescued but rescued me. And I just want him to have the best quality of life possible. It's all I want because it's his life in my hands. There's a lot of guilt, right? Could I have done something better? What did I do wrong? How did he tear his ligament? But really, there's nothing I did wrong. Life just happened. And so I want to tell you the story about one night in particular. And this is, well, it's a couple of nights ago, actually. It's midnight-ish. And I'm walking in the pouring rain at midnight because when Fozzie Bear has got to go, he's got to go. And my glasses are covered in droplets from the rain and fog because I can't wear my contacts and my hood is covering my head, but it's really covering my face kind of like blinders so I can barely see where I'm going carrying my dog who is somehow, I don't know, 24, 25 pounds on every vet scale, but 250. 50 pounds when in my arms and I'm trying, I'm trying really hard to find something positive in this scenario, in what I feel like, oh, this is just a lot. This is a lot of January for me to take right now. And I mean, there are obvious things here when I want to find those positives, right? Because my health, aside from my goopy eye, which is going to recover just fine, I'm in great health. I have food, I have shelter, but these reasonable things that I should be happy about, that I should be grateful for, you know what? No, they're just, they're not cutting it right now. And it's hard to be reasonable in a time when you feel so emotional and soaking wet. But I know that your thoughts are what you become. And if you're standing there, if I'm standing there thinking, oh, poor me, this is so terrible. What a, what a difficult life I'm leading. Then that's the life I'm going to lead. Your thoughts are what you become. So I have to find a way to pull myself out of that, right? I need to be the friend to myself that I tell you to be to yourself, the friend that I try to be to you. I need to find something like I always search for in these challenging situations. I need to find something that shows me you're learning something here. This is making you a better person. This is setting you up to be better because you get so distracted by the problems you're dealing with in the moment that you don't even notice those victories that are all around you. And when the rain is pouring down on you and your knee hurts and your back hurts and you're carrying your 700-pound dog and you can't see, and <laughs> it's, it's a lot, right? You feel miserable. And so at the beginning of 
this ordeal, I guess we can say, I tried to convince myself, you know what? This is going to make you fitter. This is going to make you stronger. But you know what this is making me now? This is making me hurt more. It's hard physically. It's hard emotionally because any little thing I do, I look away for a second and he can hurt himself more. But here I am. And did I mention that while I'm cradling his barrel-shaped thousand pound body close to my face with this superhuman strength that allows me to walk on slippery ground for great distances with exceptionally poor vision without falling, I am also carrying a little poop bag. Yes, there is something in that poop bag and it happens to be in close proximity to my face. Yes, that is how much I love this little pup tart or poop tart as it were. And I never thought that I could love anything that is not of me that much. I remember talking to a friend who had adopted and she told me how incredibly attached she was to her baby. And I remember saying to her, I'm afraid that I wouldn't have that ability to be so attached I don't know if I have that capability. I don't know if I could love something that is not of me that much. And she points out to me, really? Have you seen yourself with your dog? And as I look at myself from outside myself on this rainy night and I see myself with him, here's this little creature that has become such a part of my life, this little creature that never wants anyone to carry him, not even me. Sure, he's glued to me, but please don't carry me. I've got this. He is an independent little man who has separation anxiety and is glued to me, but he is independent. And here he has surrendered to me. He trusts me. He trusts me to take care of him. He has faith in me. He has comfort in me. He believes in me. He's been with several people throughout his life. And this isn't by default. He has chosen me. And if a little 1250 pound dog can go from being scared of everyone to asking me for help to carry him, to climb up on me to carry him even when he's in pain to stand on his hind legs and if this little 2000 pound dog can learn to ask for help when he needs it and can give so much kindness and grace when he is going through so so much and if i can do this for him every day just carry him and feed him and give him his medication and give him love and see him improve. I'm not just seeing him improve. I'm seeing me improve. You can grow from anything. You can improve from anything. But when you are going through the hard stuff, you see it as though you're going through it. You don't see it as though you're growing through it. And that's the thing. You're growing. Now, I'm not saying this story for any pity, like I said, and it's not like the worst story of all time. But to me right now, this is 
It's a lot. And there are other things too in my life, but I'm not going to start listing these details to you. Quite frankly, I don't even want to hear these details of whatever's going wrong in my life. Because if you start making these lists of all these things that are going wrong in your life, you're not going to recognize all of the things that are going well in your life, maybe even great in your life. So yeah, I I have my challenges. We all do. But I say this only so that you know you are not alone. The rainbow and lollipop lives you see posted on social media often either crop out the struggles or airbrush over them. And that is a 100% guarantee. And I just, I do my best to show you the real me. But obviously, you don't see the entire picture surrounding me or anyone for that matter. And it would be irresponsible and harmful for me to intimate otherwise. Everyone has struggles to some degree or another, but we cannot compare hardships. We cannot compare hardships. Someone who drowns in one foot of water is just as unalive as someone who drowns in 100 feet of water. Don't feel like you need to minimize your trauma or anyone else's trauma because it isn't as bad. Because if we start comparing traumas and hardships, do we also need to compare and quantify our joy and happiness? Sorry, your happiness doesn't matter. You didn't win an Oscar. You don't have a $30 million mansion. It's not as great as somebody else's. Is that what we do? Is that what we're supposed to do? Once you start comparing... You are left with nothing. And I don't mean you're left with nothing in terms of feelings or emotions. You're left valuing yourself as nothing. And everyone has different thresholds, different coping mechanisms, different support systems, or lack thereof. And I want you to know, you need to know, you are not alone. And to get through those absolute worst times, You need something to look forward to. Here's what you need to do. Look forward to something. I told you that there is a science to getting through this scientifically difficult month. And this is it. There's there's a study and it's from 2015. And it found that having something positive to look forward to reduces stress and boosts mood. There are many studies like this, actually. There's another study published in the American Physiological Society that found that participants who simply thought about watching their favorite movie actually raised their endorphin levels by 27%. Just by telling participants that they were going to be able to watch their favorite movie, their bodies produced endorphins, endorphins which are responsible for increasing a sense of joy, euphoria, increasing retention during learning, helping to improve decision making, endorphins at significantly higher levels than the control group. But here's the thing about looking forward to something. Here's the thing about planning something. Research actually proves that it's not the actual thing that you're planning that's the most enjoyable part. The most enjoyable part of any activity is the anticipation of it. 
like simply scheduling a vacation for next year, even if you can't afford it right now, it can boost your sense of happiness and light these pleasure centers in your brain almost as much as taking the actual trip itself. So let's think about how you can apply this to your life. Let's help you look forward to something. And there are three questions to determine what you look forward to. And then there are three questions to determine how you take the action to get there. So the three questions to determine what you'd like to look forward to, what would you like to experience with your family, your friends, yourself? What would you love to accomplish in your professional life? And for all of these what's, don't just give an answer, describe your answer. What is something you've always been excited about accomplishing, but have always put it off for one reason or another? Describe that. And the coolest part, just by giving you the chance to think about these things, you're releasing endorphins. And it doesn't stop there. This release of endorphins is good for you. Yeah, it's going to help you feel good, but it's also going to help you become more creative. And now, once you get to that creative part, you need to harness that creativity by figuring out how to take action because an idea is nothing and idea is everything. Thank you to 10-year-old Dahlia for making that up. And I will not speak in third person like that again, but I can't really talk about my 10-year-old self as though, exactly. So three questions to apply to each of those three things that you'd like to look forward to. What small shifts can you make to experience more of these moments you want with your family, your loved ones, your job, or that one big thing that you've wanted? What is something specific you can do today to move towards accomplishing that thing that you look forward to doing with your loved ones in three months? What would you need to do within the next year to accomplish that thing you've always wanted to accomplish, but always put off? Maybe it's travel to that certain destination. Maybe it's to write a book. Maybe it's to start a podcast. Oh, do you wish that you would have done that 10 years ago? Well, then imagine what you can accomplish in 10 years if you start that right now. I know it's tough right now, but sometimes it takes 10 years to get that one year that changes your life. Always stay until tomorrow. Always try until tomorrow. And remember... Choose your life. Do not settle for it. If I told you 10 years from now, your life would be exactly the same, would you be happy? Then do something. Don't allow it to continue. I will repeat what you and I talked about at the beginning, or perhaps what you listened so attentively to. Thank you very much, by the by. So the new year is not about weight loss. It's not about saving more money. It's not about any resolutions. It's about resolve. If you don't want something to continue, don't allow it. Resolve to stand up for yourself and for others. 
Because if you allow it to continue, it will. And I have faith in you. The fact that you're listening to this, that you're open to listening to this, proves that you have faith in you too. Okay. So, speaking of continuing, this podcast has been around for about seven months now. And this community has grown so much faster and bigger and stronger than I thought it would in such a short period of time. And that is thanks to you. So thank you. And because of that, you're forcing me to grow this faster and stronger and better. So there are fun developments to come. And I'm very excited to bring them to you. And I'm very excited to bring you next week's guest, Dr. Jessica Taylor. If you haven't heard of her, you'll definitely be talking about her after that episode. And if you have heard of her, well, you already have something to look forward to with that episode. So if you haven't yet subscribed or followed, please do. These seven-ish months have gone by and grown by so much greater than I imagined. And I'm really grateful for your support. And when you think about people whom you may never have even met in person, how they support you more than some people you know in person, it is really something extraordinary. So thank you for all of your kindnesses in sharing these episodes, the videos that I create on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you find them. Oh, and I should note that the full Dr. Gabor Mate conversation is coming to video on YouTube. So you don't want to miss that. So many people have been asking me for that full video conversation. I had no plans to release the full video, but look what you made me do. You have that influence on me. You affect people. So please share this episode with a friend or someone you care about who needs to get through the January Januscaries, which pretty much is everyone. So thank you for dropping by the Neighboralia. And I am here to help you shine brightly so you can use your light to help others shine as well. And I really look forward to what's coming in the next few months. And a lot of what gives me the inspiration to bring that to you is you. And why is it when I always get to the sweetest, most grateful, thankful part of the episode, I say bye. Well, I don't say bye. I say live and help live. Oh, oh, nothing rhymes without ya. Nothing rhymes without ya. Nothing rhymes without ya. Neighboralia.